Hi, podcast listener. Welcome to Truth About Exits, a show dedicated to pulling back the curtain to reveal what it really takes to get deals closed. You'll hear directly from founders of companies who have raised capital, sold their companies, and even those who acquire other companies for growth. I'm your host, Corin Woodmass. I'm a dealmaker, advisor, and when I'm not closing deals, I love to talk to others about their deals and what it took to get them closed. And now you can listen into these conversations too. For all the show notes and more resources, go to truthaboutexits.com. And we're live. Today, I'm joined by Leon Hendricks, one of our former clients. And what we're going to talk about today and why you might want to listen to this episode is we're talking about transferring Leon's business, which was the first German-based Amazon brand we successfully transferred and sold. So we're going to go through that in great detail. But Leon, thanks so much for joining us on the call. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So we're titling this one the 302-day Germany exit or European exit. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But would you like to start, Leon, with just a little bit of background? Because I find it super interesting, your story before you actually got started in building an Amazon-based brand. So what were you doing before launching the brand? Yeah, sure. So I started out of desperation. So back then I was fresh out of high school. So I'm pretty young and I decided to go traveling in Australia, which is what a lot of Germans do once they finish high school. They just want to go travel. So I went to Australia and it's, yeah, it's that old story of meeting a girl there, a local Australian girl, and then having to leave and then you're a bit heartbroken. So I ended up being back in Germany and all I wanted was to go back to Australia. And I couldn't apply for any other visa. I didn't have a degree or anything that could get me a visa to go back. So I decided that the only way to yeah, take control of my life and be able to actually go back there is by somehow making money online. So, and yeah, I met this guy in a bar and he told me about this Amazon FBA thing. So yeah, I got started. And after a year, uh, I had launched yeah quite a few products. I I was making enough money to actually go back to Australia. And then, yeah, I was back in Australia, back with my girlfriend. And yeah, we applied for a partner visa. And long story short, I hired a small team, uh, systemized the business and decided that I wanted to exit it because it has kind of fulfilled its purpose. It got me to Australia. It got me the money that I wanted to make and I was ready to exit. And yeah, then I sold the business pretty quickly after starting it. But yeah, the handover process, that was that's another story. Yeah, we'll get into that. So before you jump ahead too far, I just want to talk about a couple of things. So first up, like all of our client calls on this podcast, The Truth About Exits, we can't actually reveal information about the brands and the specifics of the deal or the buyers because of NDAs. So that's just par for the course when it comes to business transactions. So, But what I do want to talk in, in broad strokes is one of the great things about your business and why we actually had so much buyer interest was because you made the decision to build out a brand around one single target market and adding more products for that target market where some people selling on Amazon just go for whatever's highest selling and they think they can rank. So how did you decide uh, to take that path instead of the random approach? Well, I have to say I was a bit lucky. I actually found a pretty good niche or niche or however you want to call it. And I saw quite a lot of potential in different products and they're all in the exact same niche. And yeah, I for me, it was pretty simple. And I knew that... In, I wanted to build a sellable asset 
that could one day exit. And I knew that having one brand is just way more powerful because if you, I think Ryan Moran talked about it, which you know as well, of course, he said that he launched a product, I think it was a yoga niche or something. And he was selling yoga mats. And then later on, he launched a yoga block or something, some other product that was also related to that. And he not only boosted the sales of his second product that he launched, obviously, but also of the first product. So because he had two products, the second product also boosted the sales of the first product. So it really creates a lot of cross-selling and it's just way more powerful. And yeah, I just made a commitment. I also told my friend who started alongside with me with his own business to stay in his, stick with his brand and stick with his niche because uh, he was also tempted to yeah, launch some other products and I told him just stick to it and it was definitely the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of the biggest mistakes we see um, Amazon sellers or sellers that start their business on Amazon is not focusing and then wondering why a buyer won't see their business as valuable. So that's cool. I mean, everyone out there should do that. So that was awesome. And as a result, we did find buyers relatively quickly after going to market. We had a number of conversations. We got a an offer that was awesome for both you and the buyer. And then we started the handover process. So I started at the top of this with the premise of a 302-day European exit. So that's actually the time it took from the time we signed the deal with the buyer till the time you were finally paid out and we could walk away from the deal. So that was a long time. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. It was a bit painful on both sides, so we'll tread lightly. (laughs) Um, But could you walk us through part of how that went down for you. So we initially got the offer. It was all very exciting. Um, Could you explain just in broad strokes how that felt or what happened next from your perspective? And then we'll go into the actual transfer side. Yeah, definitely. So in the beginning, I was really happy when I first, when we first agreed on the purchase price and yeah, we came to an agreement and I was really excited, but I also felt a bit worried, just hoping that it would go smoothly and we could transfer it easily and there wouldn't be any issues because like most Amazon sellers, I was always afraid of Amazon, always afraid that something was going to go wrong, that a competitor is going to try to get my listings down or whatever. And I just hoped that nothing would happen. And yeah, it turned out that it wasn't so easy to actually transfer the business um, because I think the first thing that happened was the buyers, they had to set up their own store. In order to set up their own store, they had to set up a business uh, first. And they, what happened then? I can't really remember. They, yeah. um, they, so the, a bit of the backstory there was they needed to set up a new Seller Central account in Germany because you can't actually transfer German-based Seller Central accounts to a new entity. Even if you're doing this yourself, as some of the listeners may know, it's a pain and it takes a long time. We had one client that took a year to get approval to transfer between entities that he controlled. So it's, it's a pretty crazy process. So what we did was a brand transfer. And in this case, the buyers didn't already have an Amazon account, so they needed to set up a Seller Central account. So the first entity, we won't go into the countries because this can change over time, but basically where that entity, the country that entity was from, could open a seller account. But as we got further down the process, we realized they weren't able to access the FBA program. So then we started saying, well, if we can't use the FBA program, can't get Prime, that's going to impact sales. So then they had to go and find another country to open an entity and open a new seller central account. So that was part of the problem 
on the transfer. Meanwhile, this whole time, money is sitting in escrow. So the buyers have funded the entire payment of the business, less inventory, of course, that was paid directly. And Leon's got the asset, we're wanting to transfer it across. So they're wanting to buy it, Leon's wanting to transfer it, and we're stuck in the middle. So we're working with the buyers and Amazon to figure out how to actually get them set up. So fast forward, it took quite a bit of time to first off, realize that this country was it was actually unable to use the FBA program and then for the buyers to find the country that they wanted to set up in. So that took a lot of time back and forth. And once we got to that point, which was quite a few months at this point, let's talk about the actual physical transfer and how you guys worked with Amazon and with the buyer to transfer that asset, the brand across and then the asset and the inventory. Sure. So that was also a little bit tricky, but it wasn't too tricky, but it, it took a bit of work. So what happened was that we had our own account and the buyers, they also had their own account. So we had to transfer the inventory. There's also the FNSKUs that are attached to the products that were specific to my seller account. And what we had to do is we had to slowly take out inventory into a third-party warehouse that would then relabel them with the buyer's FNSKUs. And yeah, then slowly shipping the products into their warehouse because they obviously still had the limit. I think it's 5,000 products. We couldn't just transfer it all. So what we had to do is we had to slowly transfer the inventory and they had to ask for an inventory limit expansion, whatever you want to call it. So they just had to ask Amazon if they could get more storage, a higher storage limit. And you can only do that once you actually show them that you have sales. So it had to happen over time. And also we had to make sure that we track every single piece of inventory to make sure that it's getting paid properly. So because it's, I mean, probably every seller knows that things can get a bit messy. Once you have a certain number of products, you have to keep track of them. You have to know where they are. And when it comes to an exit, you also have to know what order of inventory is is where and how many of them in your inventory and then in the third-party warehouse and in their warehouse and then how what was the lender cost of these specific orders and all that sort of stuff. So it was a bit messy, but yeah, I think we kept it under control pretty well because we really focused on keeping all the documents together and keeping track of all the inventory. And yeah, over time, we transferred the entire inventory. Yeah. So that's key is using a third-party warehouse um, because... Yeah, obviously, Amazon won't take, well, not obviously, but Amazon won't actually take the liability, despite us asking every time, they won't take the liability of transferring products from one account to another. And also, there's the labeling issue. So, the label needs to change, right? So, that's part of it. Now, while we were doing this handover, we didn't just pull all of your inventory out and send that to the buyer. We kept you selling under your account and got the buyers up and running. So you increased your price. So they took the buy box from you. Once they were consistently selling and up their limits, then we removed you as the seller. So they were the only owner of this brand. So we also gave them access to the brand and then transferred that brand registry across right as part of that process. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we had to contact the German brand registry and then ask for them to transfer the registry and then they could transfer that on Amazon as well once they have the document showing that they are the owner of the brand now. Awesome. Okay. So this whole process, we make it sound kind of easy. Uh, Like I said at the top, it was 302 days in total. This is the longest transfer and handover we've been a part of to date. So How was that process from your perspective of, we have a deal, but a lot of this is out of my control. So from our perspective, we kept the lines of communication open, which I think is really important when something isn't going right and it's not 
within our control, right? It was to keep the conversation and the communication open. Um, But from your side, how did that play out on your side? And if someone's going through a difficult transfer or contemplating selling their business, how would you think about it if you were to go through this process again? Yeah, definitely. It was good that we kept in touch. So the open communication is really good. So we actually had a Slack messenger set up together so we could just stay on track with where everyone was at. And just to prepare for a transfer, definitely keep track of your numbers and your books and your documents and your orders and all that, because otherwise, yeah, you're going to pay for it later. And yeah, I would say just stick in there. Make sure you you stick to the rules, of, especially of Amazon. Yeah, I mean, there's no other choice than actually going through it, right? But definitely keep the communication going. And yeah, definitely, it's really important to work together on this. For sure. Yeah, awesome. No, I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. It was a tough time, but we got through it all together, which was awesome. And uh, we didn't kill each other by the end. So that's nice. (laughs) And so how did your life change post exit? Interesting question. Yeah, it's kind of like this thing that you hear about a little bit of falling into a hole. So first of all, you're really happy that it's finally over and you're free, you feel this freedom. But there's this question that comes into your head. That's like, what's next? What do I do now? And it can be quite scary because all of a sudden you have raised the bar. You have successfully sold the business. You have all this money and you know that the next business can't just be another one of those or even something smaller. So it has to be bigger. I don't know if it's just my ego, but I think it's pretty common. I've heard similar stories like that. But yeah, it definitely keeps going. You definitely, for me, I just want to create something bigger now. And there's definitely that pressure there to start all over again, but it's also exciting. And I just love the freedom of being freed up, especially through from all this, yeah, from this tough handover period. But yeah, I would definitely suggest everyone that ends up selling their business to have a celebration and actually take a few weeks off and and really enjoy the, the new freedom Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do as well because you go from you know that's the same with us. We you know this is this is our business. This is what we do. So we get excited as well when contracts are signed and the like. And what we find is as a team is once the commission, the payments actually come through. It's often such a long time, um, mostly a couple of months, but in this case, almost a full year before the the full funds are actually released, right? And it's that initial elation, the work of getting it done, and then when the money actually hits, it's good that you bring that up. You should always have that plan of once this money comes in, this is what I'm going to do to celebrate. Whatever that is for you, make sure you actually have that ready to go because you can kind of feel like you've run a marathon by the end and the money comes in and you're like, well, now it just feels the same. (laughs) So that's cool. Yeah, that was really good that you brought that up. Um, So Leo, what are you working on now? What are you excited about now? What I'm doing now is I'm currently doing some consulting for entrepreneurs who already have an established business and are just overwhelmed with the amount of workload. So I help them kind of systemize and automate their business and also yeah, helping them with delegating effectively because I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. And I did as well in my business in the beginning, but I ended up hiring a team and building a small team that, that helped me do all the annoying stuff like procurement, supply chain management, PPC management, and all that sort of stuff. So I currently I do that. And yeah, I definitely need a vacation again. <laughs> I haven't celebrated properly yet. And I definitely need to do that. Okay, great. Well, yeah, maybe we can catch up somewhere soon and celebrate together, mate. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. 
<laughs> and on the team building front, you mentioned the Slack channel with the buyers earlier. I was in that Slack channel as well, of course, because we were all communicating, but your team was actually picking up a lot of the Slack there and helping with the transfer process as well. So you, you built a really good team and those processes and stuff in place actually helped while it still was a long transfer process, it actually helped make that transfer easier. So definitely, I can highly recommend getting your systems in place and and getting help right from someone who's actually done it before. So if people did want to reach out to you, Leon, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I would suggest just, yeah, add me on Facebook or LinkedIn. So just Leon Hendricks, you should find me there. Otherwise, there's probably links in the description of this podcast. And yeah, just feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help. And yeah, just let me know if you're going through handover process as well that's tough or maybe you want to sell your business i'm always happy to help awesome okay yeah well like you said we'll put that in the the show notes uh linking direct to you so people can reach out and uh, it's good just to have a friendly voice to talk to and someone that's outside of the deal to talk to as well so that's awesome well thanks so much for coming on leon and reliving this epic transfer that we went through but i'm happy that we're through that and you're on to your next thing Yeah, thank you very much for having me as well. And thanks for your help with helping me sell the business and transfer it. And also your perseverance through this tough handover process and and everything. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Leon. Cheers, mate. Talk soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Truth About Exits. Now, whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. If your company is doing between 10 to 50 million plus in revenue and you want help to plan your perfect exit to achieve the highest value and best deal terms possible, or if you'd like advice on acquiring other companies to continue to grow your company, we can help. Go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash consult. There you'll see a simple form to tell us a little bit more about you, your company and your goals. And my team and I will take it from there. So go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash consult. The second way I can help is become a guest on our show. If you've had a successful exit, you want to share your story, or if you're actively acquiring other businesses and want to share your criteria with our audience, go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash guest. Let's connect and I'd love to talk to you. The third way I can help you is one of my favorite things in the entire world is sharing the truth about exit stories with other entrepreneurs by speaking at events all over the world. So far, I've had the privilege of speaking at events in the US, Canada, UK, Spain, Germany, Ukraine, Czech Republic, over in Asia, China, Hong Kong, Thailand, and even Australia. If you'd like me to speak at your next event, go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash speaker and tell me a little bit more about your event and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.